friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and today we are going to be talking about setting guilt-free policies to protect yourself and your business and to stand by whatever decisions that you make in your business without feeling guilty about the decision that you've made or about making someone else unhappy with that decision. One of the first things that you need to do when you set up your Etsy shop and when you are getting started as a business owner on the Etsy platform is to determine your policies and your terms and conditions that you have with the products that you're selling. Etsy gives you a canned like policies template type thing that they require you to implement in your shop. However, you can go through there and also update things and add your own frequently asked questions and those kinds of things. If you are on a desktop computer, you go down to the bottom part of the sales channel on the left-hand side, and there's a little pencil icon next to that. You click on that pencil and you can scroll down into your shop to edit your policies. I actually had to look that up because I couldn't figure out where you went to edit them. It's not as self-explanatory as it used to be. So a few of the things that Etsy allows you to set um, for your shop that are kind of in the templated policies are things like customs and taxes. Buyers are responsible for any customs and taxes imports that may apply. I'm not responsible for delays due to customs. That's what it says. That's what it has to say. The seller cannot pay customs and imports taxes. It's illegal. So that is a policy that Etsy has in those canned policies. There are, however, other places that you can change things around or that you can implement your own policies based on what you want to do in your shop. For instance, they have places where you can decide if you are accepting cancellations or exchanges or returns. You can also use the frequently asked questions section to add things that are specific to your business or more like non-traditional issues that your specific products um, come across, like personalization questions or color differences. When you're thinking about what decision you want to make in terms of these policies, I want to give you a few questions to think about and kind of brainstorm in regards to your products and what kind of things you make and sell in your shop. For instance, are you going to accept cancellations on your orders? Some things to think about on this one are, whether you already have materials in stock or whether you order materials for each specific order as it comes in, like it's truly made to order. If you have to order supplies that are costing you money after the order is purchased, then think about the time frame for cancellations that would protect you from spending that money and then having them cancel or think about not accepting cancellations at all. 
You don't want to be in a position where you accept cancellations and somebody buys something, particularly if it is a higher priced item or it has higher material costs that you have to purchase. And then you turn around and you spend the money on those supplies to make that order and then they cancel it and you're out the money and now you have these supplies that you don't need. So let's say you accept cancellations within the first 24 hours. Then you wanna make sure your turnaround time on those items is set so that you can wait 24 hours before you order the supplies for that listing. And then you can still create the item in the time frame that you quoted to people. Another one to think about is returns and exchanges. Do you sell things like bath items or like earrings where there's a hygiene issue involved in taking a return in your shop? Do you sell personalized goods that you can't resell? Do you want to offer a hassle-free return policy even if you do have things that you can't resell? I'm not here to tell you what the right or wrong answer is in terms of taking returns or taking exchanges. It's a really personal decision for your business and what your personal goals are with the customer service experience that you want to give to your customers. Maybe it is absolutely important for you to have wide open, like no hassle, I'll take anything back in a, as an exchange. Like you're like Costco, you'll take it back no matter what. And so you're willing to take back those returns, even if you can't sell the, resell the item that they send back. Or maybe you want to be totally strict on not taking any returns and you're willing to deal with the occasional unhappy customer who wants a return and you're going to stand strong and you're not going to take it and you're not going to refund and you're just going to deal with that person. Either way is fine, and it's totally up to you to decide what works for your business. Certainly there are businesses that have both either one of those policies. What I will tell you is that you probably aren't going to make every single customer happy no matter what you do. So you need to decide what feels good to you and what is in line with your priorities and where you feel like you are living in the integrity that you have set for yourself and you've set your boundaries, and then don't feel bad about sticking to them. Even if you open a, or even if you have a wide open um, return policy, you take everything back, no questions asked, no hassles, blah, 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 you're probably still going to have customers that aren't happy every now and again. It's just inevitable. The more sales you have, the more likely you are to run into somebody that's not happy. It's not a reflection of your business. It is simply the way that customer service works. So making that boundary in a place where it feels good to you and is not dependent on that person that's coming to you unhappy can allow you to kind of remove those emotions from it and just stand by the policy of what you've decided. You can also set a strict boundary publicly and then assess things on a case-by-case -case basis. For example, my shop officially says no returns or refunds because everything that I sell is personalized. But I do occasionally have someone that wants a refund because of some issue or whatever. Usually it's because they didn't think about the font for the personalization that they wanted. And so the font that was like standard on that item or the font that they actually chose and purchased doesn't look 
with their particular name the way that you that they wanted it. That's usually what I run into is that they didn't envision their name written in that font. They just saw the one that was um, shown on the listing. But then maybe they have like funky letters, like sometimes Zs can get weird when they're in cursive or whatever, and so they don't like it. I evaluate these on a case-by-case basis. And so the official word is I don't take refunds. I can always, or I don't take returns. I can always stand by that and say, tough noogies, you chose that font. I'm sorry that you don't like your choice, but you have to stick with it. Um, Or I don't have to say that. And I can be um, a little more generous with the returns and I can take the return and give them a refund. There are times that I do both. There are times where I do not give a refund, particularly if they have specifically chosen that font and then they just don't like it. Um, And there are plenty of times that I do give refunds. I wouldn't say that I'm like super generous with the refunds, but it's something that I encounter so infrequently. It is such a small percentage of my sales that it's not worth it to me really emotionally to argue with the customer and have that negativity out there in the universe. Like I find that it stresses me out more and it bothers me on like an emotional level more than is worth it for a $40 quilt. Like I would rather just take the hit to my profits and give the return or give the refund and move on with my life and not have to deal with somebody that's all mad and ugly about it. However, I will say that regardless of the fact that I cannot resell things if they're returned to me, I always require a return. I never allow someone to keep the product and then get a refund. Um, So that is a way for me of feeling like you're not scamming me out of my product, like you're not complaining about something and then I give you the product and you get a refund. If you don't like the product enough to pay for it, then you don't get to keep the product. Um, regardless of the fact that I can't do anything with it. Maybe that's petty of me. I don't know. But for me, it is worth it to say, like, I will pay the $8 to have it shipped back to me, and then I'll give you a refund, um, but you can't keep both. I think customer service is a really important and personal thing for you to decide in your own business. For example, there are times that someone will have a package that is marked as delivered, but they will tell you that they did not receive it. So the customer is saying it was marked as delivered on the tracking, but I didn't get it. It didn't show up at my house. Technically, you don't have a responsibility to do anything. If the buyer opened a case against you, Etsy would side with you if you have tracking and the tracking says that the package was delivered. However, there are sellers who want to go above and beyond and they want to offer that like super high quality customer service experience and offer a replacement regardless of the fact that they are not obligated to do that. There are also people that think that every single person that tells them that the package was not delivered is a scammer. Most likely the truth is somewhere in between as it is in a lot of areas of life. Not every person is a scammer, but there certainly are people that are scammers out there. So making a judgment call based on the situation and the buyer can help you to make that decision on a case-by-case basis where you feel good about the outcome. For instance, if the person is a repeat buyer, so I had this happen one time where I had a buyer, this person buys um, things for as corporate gifts. So they have bought from me like 45 times. 
and they had a package that was marked as delivered, but they said it didn't show up. I'm going to trust that this person is probably not trying to scam me out of this one purchase in the span of the 45 purchases that they've made from me. I don't have any reason to believe that they're trying to scam me. However, I've also had people who said my package was marked as delivered, but I didn't get it and I was hoping you could resend it, but I want you to change the name and change the color and they're basically changing their entire order. Like they're ordering a new one that's completely different than what they ordered the first time around. In that case, I am very highly likely to say no. If you want me to send you another one, then I will send you the exact same thing that you ordered the first time, which in that case, if you're trying to scam me, you're just going to have two of the same thing, but I'm not going to send you a free one with a different name and different colors and a different product and like completely change everything. But again, this is a really personal thing. So there are people that are like poly positives who say like, there's never anybody trying to scam me. I trust everybody. I'm going to do everything. And there are also people who say sometimes people are scamming me, but I just simply don't care. I want to offer a customer experience that is high enough that I go with the bulk of people who are not scamming you. Those people that have malintentions are the minority So, you know, it's not worth it to me to stress about those people and I'm going to provide the best customer experience that I can. More than anything in this podcast episode, I want to empower you to have policies and boundaries that you stand behind in your shop. As Etsy has grown and as I've worked with more newer sellers for a longer period of time, I have seen really frequently that people are bullied into refunds or they feel really pressured to give a refund or take a return when they have not done anything wrong, but the customer is coming at them really angry and upset and whatever. Um, You know, they're using strong language about how mad they are and everything else. This is just, it is just customer service. I think that you could talk to anyone who has ever worked in retail or a restaurant or anything that is forward facing for customer service. There are people like this in every single industry and you are going to encounter them at some point, but you are the business owner here. So the customer does not get to make the terms of your shop and your return policy. So long as you have those terms in place when they buy from you. So, you know, you can't change your return policy after they buy and then tell them that you're not taking a return. If they threaten you with a bad review because they're unhappy and you're standing by your policies, so be it. Or don't. It's up to you. For some newer sellers, it's not worth getting the bad review. And so they're more likely to refund Um, or to take a return because they want to provide that experience, particularly if they are brand new or they don't have very many reviews. Sometimes that works out and sometimes the person leaves a bad review in spite of the fact that you've given them a refund. For some people who have been around the block longer, they have a little more experience, they have sales history and the review history, and they don't necessarily feel as vulnerable in that position, They might take a bad review and stand by their policies and not worry about it. But ultimately, I don't want you to feel like you're at the mercy of the bad customer. And I do want to make the point again that the bad customers are the major minority. I have had almost 22,000 sales on Etsy and I have probably had 
10 negative experiences with people, maybe 15. I mean, it is such a small, small percentage of people. And that's why I say for me, it's not really worth worrying about. Now I'm going to knock on wood because hopefully I haven't like unleashed the crazy here and I'm going to get like a whole bunch of <laughs> horrible customers now. Um, but for me, it's not really worth worrying about because I get them so infrequently that I just don't, I don't like dealing with negativity. I don't like people being unhappy. I want them to be happy. I want them to go about their merry little way. And I don't want to have that negative interaction. So it's not worth worrying about to me. And it, it's easier for me to just refund it emotionally. Um, and the other side of that though, is that if you are having more frequent negative interactions, it might be something to think about in terms of your shop. So you really shouldn't be having a whole lot of negative interactions with people because, you know, the people who are truly trying to scam you out of something or who are truly just like off off the rocker um, are not that common. So if you are finding that you're having a lot of bad feedback or a lot of people complaining about something or just getting this negativity back, you probably do need to evaluate your product or your shipping method or something, whatever they're complaining about. If it's like the quality of the product or, you know, maybe they're saying the color that you sent me doesn't match the color in the picture. Now that's going to be a tough one because colors on monitors can vary a little bit. But since we all have phones now and like computers are a lot better than they used to be, I don't feel like those colors vary as much as they used to. So you know, maybe you need to work on your photography and make sure the lighting in your photos is clear enough that the colors in your products are accurately communicated. Or maybe you're having a lot of people complain about shipping. It's taking too long. So maybe you need to look into a different shipping service or things are arriving broken. So maybe you need to look at a better way to package your products or maybe you sell something digital and people are leaving you bad reviews because they don't know how to download things. Well, obviously that's not your fault, but maybe there is something that you can do like add a PDF with instructions or you know something along those lines that can help to um, counteract the whatever negative experience they're having or sort of stay in front of the issues that people are complaining about. Because while I know that there are people out there that just complain regardless and you're going to get complaints about like stupid stuff that you did tell them, you know, you explained it in the description and they just didn't read the description. There are also legitimate complaints that people have. And it's always a good idea to sort of do a gut check and say, okay, is this somebody that's complaining about something that I don't see any reason for them to complain about it. I don't think there's any legitimacy to this. Or deep down, do I kind of agree a little bit with what they're saying? And so maybe that's something that I need to work on a little bit. Maybe that's an area for improvement and I can take it as constructive criticism rather than just jumping to defend myself and, and feeling defensive in that. But ultimately, I don't want you to feel like you're totally at the mercy of the customer. There are times that you will be, like if they open a case against you and you don't have like knock it out of the ballpark evidence that they're wrong, like the tracking says delivered and then you can say like, no, it's it was delivered to your front steps. Um, but a lot of times people will complain to see if they can get some money back. And so you have to be able to have a line where you feel good about it and to do that gut check and say, 
is there legitimacy to this or is there not? Or maybe you offer an alternate solution. For example, I had a customer one time who ordered a white quilt and I sent the quilt in gray. That was totally my mistake. I 100% would have corrected that for her. And, you know, because, I mean, it was completely on me. She didn't do anything wrong. And when I went back to look at the order, it said she ordered a white quilt. But what I did was, you know, if you want to send that one back, I can replace it. Or some, I, a lot of times if I make the mistake, I won't require them to send it back because that was my fault. Um, but, you know, I can send you a new one that's in gray or I can give you 50% off and you can keep the white one. Sometimes if they're keeping it for themselves, they usually will say, I'd rather have the gray one. Like I really wanted the gray and that's why I ordered it or the white or whatever. I can't remember what I said. Um, but if they're ordering it as a gift, a lot of times they'll be like, I'll take the 50% off. I don't care. Like I don't care if it's white or gray or whatever. Like I was just ordering this color combo, but it's not super important to me. So they'll take the money back. And that has saved me time and kind of wrapped up the solution for that. They usually walk away from that decently happy. They're usually not like mad about it because they've made that choice, you know. Uh, I will do it for you and I will fix that order if you want me to, or you can take this 50% off. So they feel like they've made the choice, but actually that 50% off is easier for me because I don't have to remake the item. As a, an aside for drawing those boundaries and figuring out what feels good to you in your business and where you draw that line, the same thing goes for giving products to charity. I notice a very side-eye worthy trend where when I was a really new seller, I got asked to give away free products to charitable causes or charity auctions or, you know, personal causes, whatever, a lot. I got hit up with those things a lot when I was a new shop. However, these days, I hardly ever get asked. And that makes me majorly question the legitimacy of anyone that's asking for those kind of donations because it tells me that they're targeting newer sellers. Again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with giving to someone that's asked you to give if you feel pulled to do it. But there's also absolutely nothing wrong with not giving and not saying yes if you don't want to. Don't let people make you feel guilty or make you feel bad or you feel like a horrible person because you don't want to give to this stranger who spammed you on Etsy. Personally, we give a lot locally, but I'm not going to give to some stranger that spams my shop about their local cause. They should, in my opinion, be asking people in their community to donate to their local cause. And I don't feel obligated to do anything in that scenario other than mark the message as spam. That's my personal opinion. It doesn't mean that you're a sucker if you decide to give. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with giving to somebody that asks you for a donation like that. But I don't want you to feel like you're obligated to. It doesn't make you a bad person or, you know, a Scrooge to say, I give locally, best of luck with your fundraiser. Um, that is okay and you are a business and you're allowed to do that locally or, you know, have those parameters through which you give to the causes that are important to you. There are a lot of people on the internet, both good and bad. So I hope that in listening to this episode today, you feel like you have the power to say yes or no to a situation and make sure that it feels good to you. The vast majority of people on the internet are good and are nice and are positive, just like in real life. 
but there are the other people that you're going to run into as a business owner that aren't. And you don't ever want to feel like you've been taken advantage of, but you also want to make sure that you don't feel like you're taking advantage of someone else or that you don't feel like you haven't provided the best experience that you possibly can to your customer. Offering high quality customer service is one way of offering the best customer experience for someone, but the definition of high quality customer service or what exactly that entails, the specifics of it, is very personal to your shop and your products. Regardless of what you decide, I encourage you to set that boundary and to stand by it guilt-free and unapologetically because inevitably there will be someone that comes along and pushes those boundaries, but you are the business owner. So having the confidence in yourself and your products and your policies is key to walking away from that situation, feeling okay about the line you have drawn in the sand with that customer. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you and I will see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.